welcome to today's Coffee Talk from Planet Fair. As we do every Friday, we will be talking for eight minutes about with a cup of coffee in our hands, which I actually have here already. And um, we will be talking about the fastest ways to equal opportunity and fair pay. So I'm Henrike von Platen and I'm talking with my friend. Margaret Wilborg Bjarnadottir. Where are you today, Margaret, having your cup of coffee? I'm at home, actually. So not in the same small white room as last week. <laughs> That's true. It looks a lot better like that. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when we were talking last week, um, you left me a bit hanging in the end because you mentioned some court cases, interesting court cases about uh, one was New Zealand and the other one I don't remember, but you will. What was that about? Yeah. So remember last week we were really talking about how do we evaluate jobs? And we were talking about the different ways that we evaluate jobs and that there's this huge push towards uh, equal pay for work of equal value, which is then, you know, trying to compensate equally valued work. So, and that's where we kind of left things hanging. And the other court case that you didn't remember um, was for the Scottish city of Glasgow. Um, so in 2006, they adopted a job evaluation scheme, right? So the, the total goal was to ensure that men and women, you know, got equal pay for jobs of the same value, right? So, however, there was a structural problem with the scheme that they adopted, which resulted in women worker and, you know, this typical female dominated roles such as home care were paid significantly less per hour than those in typical male dominated roles. Um, such as bin collectors. So you can think about these may require or be of the same value. So the courts actually, so they sued, uh, and the court sided with the 14,000 plaintiffs. And to date, the city has paid out around 700 uh, million US dollars. That's good. That that sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really fair. Yeah. The yeah. system is really a trouble. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the biggest takeaway from this Glasgow story is really that it highlights the importance that if we go this route, right, this route of, you know, measuring value, then we also have to translate that to our compensation. So you have to align your job evaluation scheme with your compensation um, decisions, because if not, then you're claiming or saying that you have equally valued job, but then you pay them very differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have the, the issue with the points all the time. I know you've been talking about points on other situations as well. And I had the other day too. And um, you said that you were going to have a meeting as well with inside this topic. How, what what did it end up with? How did that go this morning? Yeah. No, it was, was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday morning. Um, no, it was a super interesting conversation. Um, so we've been talking to a lot of organizations that are taking this route and trying to understand, okay, how are they managing? Because there is this mismatch uh, between, you know, the evaluation schemes and what they can do. So the conversation I had yesterday morning was with an organization in Europe that has most of their workforce is unionized under union contracts and paid by those union contracts, right? But then she is under, see the HR manager, is under this, you know, point evaluation schema and obviously there needs to be some kind of thing to talk to each other, right? The compensation and the schema. So what the route C has taken is then really not 
to think about okay what do we value for our organization and make that reflect be reflected in the schema but rather how do the union contracts pay and then let's translate that into the point schema so then really um yeah i mean that's one way to manage so then you're saying okay we evaluate everything based on the union contracts and their clauses but it kind of defeats the purpose of the whole point of you know equal work for equal pay <laughs> for work <laughs> yeah. of equal value right yeah it's one of my uh, not to say favorites this this union topic actually because if you look at the union contracts in germany there are so many and they are so often so old-fashioned with with values in there that don't even exist anymore where you have like jobs that don't exist and those that do exist because they might be new now are not in there so you can't really evaluate with those contracts as a basis something that is not inside those contracts it's sort of in in itself it's not coherent it, it doesn't work and um it there hasn't been a court case on it but you i don't know if i we talked about it at that one stage about the german equal pay about the transparency law, like they call it here, the Entgelt-Transparenzgesetz, where actually you are supposed to do like, uh, they tell you that you should maybe do an analysis. Um, it's not that you have to, but it's like optionally said, but they take away everything that's unionized. They, it's not included. It, it was left out at a certain point when that came, which is really awkward in a way. How do you go about that? I mean, in how do you do? I, I remember Iceland. I remember even um, Luvisa, where we did lots of talks with uh, Landspitali, who we have the connection with as well, saying that they had 31 or 32 unions inside those processes and they managed to do that. So it's possible. So I would say, I mean, hearing like what you said from yesterday, it's like, um, how can we have hope <laughs> about the unionized ones? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a silver bullet. There rarely is a silver bullet when it comes to equal pay. Um, but if you're thinking, I mean, and this is especially true in Europe, if we want to move towards paying for equal value, well, then that needs to feed into directly these union talks and union contracts. And it can't be yeah. the same increases for, across all unions because then we don't move forward if the goal Absolutely. is, you know, equal pay for work of equal value. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have uh, these union contracts changes that take it takes ages, but it's possible. I think it's just a matter of having the um, the courage to actually do it from the unions. That's something I would wish for. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we still have a minute or so. Um, because I remembered New Zealand better than Glasgow, as you noticed at the beginning. What was the difference in New Zealand? Do you have a very short, short version for me? For, yeah, for if you want the 30 second brief on yeah, the please, New Zealand. Please, please. <laughs> then, um, yeah, so there was a court case that really brought uh, salary increases to tens of thousands of female workers in female dominated job roles. And the fundamental argument was the same. So it was if caring for the elderly requires similar skills or similar level of skills as gardening, one cannot pay the gardeners. This is typically a male dominated job role, higher salaries than the caregivers, which is, you know, as we know, the typical female dominated job role. So that was yeah. the 30 second version of that. 
Now that's so good because I think that um, the good part about this is when you have when you have companies sometimes that have maybe not those unionized contracts and that decide by themselves and they are big enough so that they have um, employees doing those different kinds of jobs. They actually have the power to decide that these certain different jobs that they have are valued the same. And I think that would be a great start to see companies really coming out and uh, talking about this when they have done it. But because I know. Uh, some have, they just don't talk about it. Like, how do they actually value? And then, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Which leaves us already with eight minutes. I mean, we're, this is so fast, but so much content and the coffee is not even empty yet. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even have a sip. <laughs> this is incredible, but our time is over and we promised to stick to eight minutes. So we yep. should stop at this point. And um, I'm not sure, but I know that there are some interesting meetings coming up at the beginning of uh, next week. So maybe our cliffhanger for next week is quite an open-ended one <laughs> because I'm not sure what we're gonna be talking about. Or do you have any hint? No, no, I have Okay no then, <laughs> well then, then I would say, Let's have the last sip of coffee and meet again next week, Margaret. Yep. Have a wonderful Friday. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.